Welcome to the Well-Balanced 360 Podcast, where we dive into the latest and best tips on medicine and spirituality to help you master your health and overcome your fears so that you can feel your absolute best. I'm your host, Dr. Shivani, a licensed medical doctor, a yoga nerd, and a wellness enthusiast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here. Now let's dive in. On this episode, I'm joined by two very dope therapists, Lauren and Ryan, and we talk all things social media and how it can have a huge impact on our mental health. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. We all know what therapists do. So if you guys could just give me a brief background of you guys individually and how you started your podcast on therapy and if there's a specific type of therapy that you specialize in. Sure, I guess I'll go first. So my name is Ryan Gaddy and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Lauren and I both met when we were in our grad school program to become marriage and family therapists out in California. Currently, I work with high schoolers and I kind of do specialize in anxiety, depression, and just helping young teens, young adults really find their passion, their way and how to kind of change their negative thought patterns so that they are more successful in life. So currently working at a high school, and I also do private practice on the side where I also see teenagers. I'll let Lauren go. I'm Lauren Fractor, and I am also a marriage and family therapist. I am turning in my hours for licensure a week from today, so I'm super excited and hopeful that in the next few months I'll be able to be licensed in the state of California. I've been working at a high school for the last few years as well, and that job is currently coming to a close, which is bittersweet because I love working with teenagers, but I'm going to continue that hopefully in private practice, which is my next venture. I specialize in working with teenagers, self-esteem, boundaries, students with ADHD, autism, kind of see a lot of different types of students. And it's really, really a lot of fun working with teenagers. That's incredible. I love that you both work with teenagers in the high school system, just because that's where you tend to start to see a lot of that anxiety, inner child stuff come up. And it's great that you guys are able to help that early age before it becomes such a big issue, which for a lot of people my age, it tends to go in that direction, especially with social media, right? (laughs) Social media is such a big thing. I mean, this year it's like TikTok blew up. There's Clubhouse. God knows what's next. And even for me, it's addicting. And it became even more addicting during COVID, during the pandemic, because I would have many more hours to just sit home and overthink things. So what would you guys say to somebody that is constantly on social media, one platform to the other, and just comparing themselves to what is usually portrayed as a perfect picture life, right? So you're not really going to find influencers, doctors, therapists, anybody in their field post negative stuff for the most part, right? So what would you both recommend to somebody that's kind of going through this and has low self-esteem and low self-worth because they're always on social media? I'll start. Well, personally, and this is very obvious, advice, but take a break and get off your phone. I don't know that I would have said that a year ago because we were in the middle of the pandemic. We had nowhere to go. 
But as things are starting to open up and people's comfort level is changing, it's really important to try to go and do something. Go for a walk, meet up with a friend, call a friend. Even if you need to be using your phone, maybe shift that energy into listening to a podcast or listening to music. Well, I will say that it is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I've seen a lot more influencers and people posting about their own mental health. And it's been really nice, but you're right. You're not going to see that all the time. Personally, I feel like when I'm in that phase of feeling like I'm comparing myself to other people, I usually use some of my support system and I tell them, I talk to a friend like, you know, I'm really feeling like I have imposter syndrome today and I'm not doing enough. And so I think for me, it's really nice to also have a supportive person in your life or a group of people, whoever it may be, to really discuss why you're feeling this way. But I'll let Ryan. I kind of want to address too some of the reasons I personally think that we get sucked so into social media. And a lot of it is this need to escape our reality. And when you're on social media, you can choose which reality you're consuming, whether it's celebrities you're following or influencers or travel bloggers or whatever it is, you get to kind of take time to be outside of yourself. But what ends up happening in that situation is you then, like you said, Shivani, you're convinced that your reality is not good enough, that something's wrong with you because it doesn't look like this. So I think we get pulled into that trap of that fantasy world and wanting to really be outside of ourselves. And so I think identifying if it's really something you're struggling with and you're really struggling to pull away from it, identifying what is it that you're seeking out when you get on those, like what makes you feel like it's a good distraction? And can you try to do that in a different way by watching a movie that takes you to a different place or reading a book, listening to podcasts, storyline podcasts, things like that, like Lauren's saying. I think really part of the work is identifying why. Why is it that I keep coming back to this platform and getting sucked in and then it's leading me to feel like X, Y, and Z? And then I feel you may have a better chance pulling yourself I love that you bring that up because that's exactly it, right? I'm speaking for myself. There were a couple of influencers that I was going on their page and I started to notice I was feeling kind of angry. And I had to ask myself, what's happening here? Why? Right. And it was because for me in those particular situations, these influencers were posting things and getting people to comment saying, oh my God, you have such a beautiful life. That's so great, X, Y, and Z. But for me, the part that I was getting angry at was the fact that they didn't have those credentials to be posting something. (laughs) It just made me really mad that people were following and believing everything this person was saying when I truly felt that behind closed doors and what they were portraying on social media wasn't correct. And so- I love that you bring that up, Ryan, because a lot of people don't think, what is this showing me? We don't tend to go there. We just tend to compare ourselves and then just get angry and upset like I did. But I also feel like journaling and reflecting on your own helps too. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. I think definitely journaling. And like you said, asking yourself, what is it about this situation that's making me feel like this? Why is this happening? And not just accepting it at face value. Right. And in those situations, for me, rewording it also really helped because it was like, okay, I see what they're doing and I strive to also do that. And I do have the credentials. So kind of like flipping the story and using that envy and anger in a more positive way. 
just unfollowing different people who no longer fit your vibe is usually what we talk about on our podcast. And I found that really helpful. I feel like every season, so the four seasons of the year, I go through my following list and who I'm following and feeling like, do I still fit with what they're bringing on their platform? And if I feel like positive energy, I really like their content, I keep following them. And if I don't, then I unfollow. And that can be really powerful. And also owning your feelings too in that moment. Like, you know what? This isn't bringing me good energy. I need to unfollow this person. And also mindset too, right? That's the big topic right now as well. And some influencers will go on there saying, you have to have a positive mindset. Think positive and your life will change. (laughs) Say all these positive affirmations. But that doesn't necessarily hold true for everybody. Affirmations for me for a while didn't work because telling myself, oh, I'm at the perfect weight. This is exactly where I want to be. My brain was like, actually, no, you're not. <laughs> you know? And so it would send me into a trauma loop. So what advice would you give other people in terms of mindset? I think your mindset has to match with your personality too, in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of the stuff that influencers are spitting out, you're right. It can be kind of triggering in different ways. This could go on forever on this topic, but a lot of things about manifesting and Lauren and I are both really into that stuff too, but like, I will address the fact that manifesting and mindset and affirmations, like a lot of that holds privilege for the people it's really working for have a higher privilege level than other people. Like they've got other things set up in their life that may really help them manifest and achieve those things where for other people, it may just be really changing their narrative in their head, changing their mindset around what is it about my life that I do really love? What is it about my body that I really do love? Can I celebrate those things every day and still accept the fact that some days I'm going to be sad because I don't feel good about X, Y, and Z? And Shivani, you you bring up a good point. There's actually a term for it that's been kind of thrown around lately. It's called toxic positivity where we're basically encouraging people to not feel Mm -hmm. sad, trauma, you name it. And that's not helpful. That is like putting a Band-Aid over a wound, hoping that it will heal itself. And really there's much deeper stuff that needs to get healed. So I think it's really good when you're not in a good mindset. That's a good day for a social media detox. And it's a little bit harder now that we have our podcast because I find myself on Instagram a lot more than I was. And Ryan's actually really good about this. She will take a full day off of social media. And sometimes we swap. I'll say, I'm not doing it. You take over. And luckily, the two of us are a tag team, so it works. What's also important is to check in with yourself every day and see, how do I feel today? I don't feel good. Social media is not going to help you. I agree with that. I lately have taken many days off of social media, just not posting about my podcast, not doing any marketing, anything, and it feels good. And the reason I do that is because I learned by human design. I love, Ryan, that you brought this up, that manifestation actually looks different for a lot of people because I actually just learned in human design that I'm a projector, a one, three type. (laughs) Yes. And so for me, sleep matters, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've been told work harder, do this, do that. And I went straight into burnout. The way the world is conditioned, even being a doctor in residency, I was always tired. I would take naps all the time and I would be told 
you're lazy. You're not working hard enough. That obviously lowered my self-worth. I wish I knew about human design back then, but I can almost guarantee all my co-residents were manifesting generators or generators because they were always at it. They could be up at like three o'clock in the morning, be needing no coffee or anything. And I would be chugging five of them just because I don't have the energy. That obviously made everything worse long term. But I love that you bring that up because for me, I need a lot of rest. I need to stay away from social media because it just throws me in this trauma loop. And I go into all these stories, but the more and more I stay off of it, surprisingly, I get a lot more done and I just feel better. (laughs) We're both projectors too. We actually have an episode with a friend of mine that's a human design reader. And it's funny when we found out Lauren was also a projector and I'm like, oh, well, most people in the helping field are just because projectors are kind of supposed to be leaders and helpers, but that's just funny. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I didn't know that about you guys. Yes. We're supposed to be like the best guides, right? We really hone in on other people's energies. But that also brings up another good point about boundaries. You guys work with a lot of teenagers. I'm sure you see a lot of relationship issues, family problems, dynamics with friends. Where does boundaries come into play for you guys in therapy? And how do people implement proper boundaries? How do they know when to implement proper boundaries? I think this goes into self-care a little bit too, but. Yeah, (laughs) having boundaries is a form of self-care that people I feel like now are starting to realize, which is great. And it's really hard. And we've had some episodes on boundaries too. And we talk about it a lot, but it's really hard to set boundaries. And it takes a lot of guts, especially with your family. I'm thinking of a student I worked with the other day and I was just setting my own boundaries with him. I was like, you know what? No, you can't call me after this time because I'm not working. I mean, there's a level of rapport and respect there and it worked. He modified his schedule to fit me in, which amazing. But boundaries, that's such a loaded question. Like there's so many areas. I want Ryan to go and then I could bounce back off of her because I have a lot to say and I want her to have a chance. Yes. I see boundaries as a level, like you level up as you kind of start them. And I don't think we're ever done figuring out how to set boundaries and create new boundaries. I think it's just evolving process forever. And they look like a lot of different things. For instance, I also just had a teen client this week when we were talking about people pleasing and her starting to work on setting boundaries with people, even boundaries just looking like if you order something at a restaurant and they give you the wrong thing, it is also a boundary for you to learn how to say what you need within respectful manners, obviously not going crazy and yelling at somebody for bringing you too much ketchup when you ask for mustard. But If your needs are not getting met, you're not really setting boundaries in a lot of different ways, whether that looks like a million different things. So there can be some intense boundaries, like you're invading my physical space and it's making me uncomfortable. Or I really just don't like when you call me by the wrong name. That can be a boundary too. Like if you've corrected somebody many times at work or school or whatever, and they're continuing to get it wrong, like that's also setting a boundary. Yeah, I agree. Boundaries is a very big topic, but I don't feel like it's talked about often. Well, it is, but it's hard to implement. I'll be honest, even with me being a giver and in the healing profession, there was a lot of people pleasing in the beginning because I just didn't know how to say no. I was never taught that. For me, being a doctor, it's always patient comes first. So you have to do X, Y, and Z. And again, being a projector, a nine to five wasn't going to work for me. And so 
even boundaries there. It took me a long time to get there, but implementing them, you open up so much space and energy, which feels so good. It may be hard to do it, but once you get there, I mean, it's a game changer, I would say. Yeah. Like I said, setting boundaries is really hard because you're basically telling somebody, it could be in a professional setting, a personal setting, that whatever you're doing is not working for me. And you're opening up the risk of that person literally walking out of your life. Now with family, maybe not, but they'll shut you out emotionally. I have friends who have spoken up to their mothers in particular, and the mom doesn't talk for two days because she's hurt. But our generation is finally being a little bit more assertive and our parents' generation, not so much. And so they're not going to ever catch up with us. It's going to have to cycle out the next 20, 30 years. And what we're starting with is setting boundaries and saying, you know what? No, you can't call me after this certain time or all the examples that Ryan said. And you can do it in a nice way. But if you are a people pleaser, it's going to take a lot of work. I know that because I've worked with a few, even with my own students, it's been years and they're finally asking their teachers for help. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. The last three years when you were a sophomore, now you're a senior, you finally are asking your teacher for help, which is exactly what you wanted to do. And it took them almost three years. So it's a long process, but it's a good process. And you get a lot more respect when you set boundaries, at least in my own opinion, because that's what I've done for the last few years. And I have boundaries everywhere with every friend, with every family member, with my boss, with my boyfriend, I set them everywhere. And it's been really empowering, but also I don't need it to be like a placeholder. Someone can come at me and say, you know what? I don't like the way you said that. And I'll open the conversation because sometimes boundaries, it's what you need, but it's also what they need. And if they feel hurt, I don't want to hurt them. So you have to kind of go into like a conversation after that sometimes. What has self-care looked like for you guys throughout the pandemic? And where do you see mental health moving towards? Because there's been a lot of anxiety, anger, resentment, depression. It's been on the rise this past year and rightfully so. It's been tough. So what do you feel like the future looks like for the mental health world? Well, I'm always holding out hope that one day mental health will have the same weight as physical health because it should. Each year we get closer. I like the fact that people in the public eye, like celebrities, speak up about their own mental health issues. I think it just shows that other people aren't alone and there's other people who are struggling just like them. And May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So we've been talking about ways that people can cope and we've been doing this the whole time, but we always kind of throw out little nuggets here and there on mental health. But I feel like if this pandemic didn't wake up people to get help, if they need it, then I don't know what will. There's a lot of different resources and we have a bunch on our page of ways to connect with uh, mental health providers. But honestly, we're all struggling. Some people are just more vocal about it. Everybody has issues. Everybody has something. And it's just hard to be open and vulnerable because it's scary. So I feel like that's the direction that mental health is hopefully moving towards. And then self-care looks different for everybody. So do what makes you feel happy. And it can be simple. It could be taking a nap. It could be watching a TV show. It could be sitting in silence with the door shut and the lights off. That's fine. For me, I like being with other people. And now that we have the opportunity with the pandemic, everything opening up again, 
I get to see my family and my friends and I get to travel again. So I'm excited for all of that. Yeah, I would say that we just talked about this in our last episode we recorded about just the after effects of the pandemic that is going to take place for people, this idea of grief and loss that's really needing to get processed and worked on. So for all your listeners, just thinking that just because things are opening up again and it's going to be easier to access your self-care and your resources doesn't mean that you're instantly going to feel better and to be really easy on yourself and give yourself grace for the feelings that are going to come up from here on out. Like this is not going to be a quick process for people to recover from for many different reasons. So go to therapy, start taking better care of your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, whatever that is, really continue to up those things. And like Lauren said, whatever you've learned during this experience, take that with you. If that means that you feel better working from home, maybe find a job where you can continue to do that or whatever it is. Yeah, I love that. You guys gave such great tips. Would you say there is a connection between medicine and spirituality? I love asking this to all my guests. Yes, I think that there should be. I think that having a spiritual practice, at least I know for me, and I'm sure Lauren will probably agree with me, has really changed my own physical health and how I approach my own body and the way I take care of myself. And I think being more deeply connected to yourself and whatever it is that you believe that's outside of you can really impact the whole being. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. When you say medicine, and I know you're a doctor, I don't know why I think plant medicine, because I definitely think plant medicine and spirituality goes hand in hand beautifully. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah. But spirituality, medicine, I feel like once you connect a little bit deeper with different aspects of your life, I think it all kind of comes together. So what Ryan said, I'll agree with that. Amazing. I don't think we covered this earlier, but what is your podcast called and why did you guys decide to start it? So our podcast is Dope Shit My Therapist Says. There is a star for the I. If you're looking us up, if you use an I, it won't show up. So Dope Shit My Therapist Says. We consider it to be a therapeutic wellness podcast because we cover not just therapy and mental health, but also just overall wellness, how people use their passion, their gifts, and their interests to really overall balance themselves. And we started it in July. So we're coming up on a year doing it. And we just wanted to create a venture together where we could be ourselves. Amazing. I love what you guys do. And that title is just so catchy and I love it. Yeah. And you'll like it because I'm pretty sure that Becca dived into projector because we're projectors. So you'll get some (laughs) helpful tips from that one. (laughs) I'm excited. I can't wait to dive in. And is there like a website people can kind of find you guys or is the podcast the best place to get some advice slash whatever? (laughs) We have an Instagram and we post four times a week, sometimes five different mental health tips. That's where we market our episodes and our guest episodes. And sometimes we do Instagram lives. We're going to do more of those soon, but it is dope SHT therapy pod. So Instagram dot com slash dope SHT therapy pod. And then there's a link in there to connect to Apple or Spotify for our podcast episodes. Amazing. Well, thank you guys again for joining me. And I look forward to staying connected with you guys. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thanks for the support. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Well-Balanced 360 podcast. I'm truly grateful for all of you and excited to have you join me on this health and wellness journey. Please be sure to stay connected with me over at drshivaniamin.com or any of my social media platforms. If you found this episode to be helpful, I would truly appreciate it if you would also hit that subscribe button and make sure to tell all your friends so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll catch you next week.